Welcome to Living the Mission with the Center for Service and Social Action. I'm Delaney Burns. And I'm Caroline Maltese. Pull up your Adirondack chair or grab your favorite snack from the tween and come chat with us and some friends about experiences that have shaped our values to promote social change and and live live the mission. Caroline! Heyo, what's going on? How's it going, girlfriend? Wow, it's good. And uh, on the student leadership team, we like to say that we ride the positivity wave Correct. and generate positive energy or positive vibes, as some may say, as we can and where we can. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing this week, mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing today. You know what's positive? You're Guess. getting your weekly barrio? Okay, well, that, but like, I feel like people are irritated with us. Every time we come on here, we talk about barrio. No, I wasn't going to say anything about barrio. Last night at JCUSUPB Trivia, guess how much money I won? $100. No, less than that. <laughs> $60. $50. Wow. And I had just spent my trivia money from the week before, and I got a pair of Levi jeans and a pair of sandals, and then I just got $50 more. Wow, your whole wardrobe right now is, like, sponsored by JCUSUPB. It really is. Shout out, JCUSUPB. Mm-hmm. So, on today's um, episode of... What do you... Uh, what are we going to call it? Funny things Delaney's kids say. Yes, in the third grade. Uh-huh. They're making slides for our morning. Every morning we do like our cursive pages and today one of the girls was making the slides because normally I do the slideshow in the morning. Like the slide when they walk in the door it tells them what cursive page but when they have a special stay like gym, music, art, like then they have cursive catch-up day mm-hmm. and all these girls like they want to be teachers so they're like planning the slides and like you know college people are cool so they think I'm cool. And, right, you're cool. Like um, <laughs> they are taking my place and on the slide it's cursive catch-up day like catch up like like you catch a ball like you catch up to somebody c-a-t-c-h space u-p so like she's working and she's working pretty hard and then i look over and like she's got like k-u-c-h space u-p it's catch-up day (laughs) and then she's like (laughs) laughing to herself i'm like what you laughing at, sister? She's like, I'm going to put a picture of ketchup. <laughs> so then I look over and it's just like a slanted picture of like ketchup with like K-U-C-H on the side of the screen. And it's just another day in the life. Yep. Living the dream. Very, very silly things that mm-hmm. happen to you. Mm-hmm. All right. What do we got here today? We got the role of the builder. The builder. So the builder, as we know, we're always trying to work to make leadership collaborative, value-based, and create social change. Mm-hmm. And in the social change ecosystem, the builder is... The person who develops, organizes, and implements ideas, practices, people, and resources in a service of a collective vision. So I like to think about this role as like the person who really gets it moving and gets it like done, right? Completes the tasks, the person who is like actively working towards the goal. And executing all of the things that maybe, like, someone like the visionary has, like, planned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they use their resources in a different way, in a variety of ways to build up and increase social change. So it's, like you said, putting the pen to paper, yeah. actually getting something done. Mm-hmm. We have all of this, like imaginative thinking and dreams and hopes and all of those are good and there's a time and a place Mm -hmm. for those and I know that's more how my brain functions but we also have to have the logistical side of people who Mm -hmm. are you know able to just make it happen and to think of things in a more like academic sense right so our guest this week is Jim Kirkonis and he selected his role in the social change ecosystem as the builder 
Um, he works in administration at John Carroll, and he really, you know, deals with the nitty-gritty details of day-to-day um, functioning of John Carroll and really does put the pen to paper and uh, promote change in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like we were saying, we like to create that feeling of inclusivity and different backgrounds and different belief systems and experiences. And that means that every person that we have on the show isn't someone who is like head over heels doing service, mm-hmm. but also can just absorb the mission and live it in a different way. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong way to live the mission. There's no one's doing it better than another person. And we're all here at this institution trying to form a community and trying to be value-based and that is a unique experience for everyone. Yeah, and he's someone that's a little bit more behind the scenes, so Mm -hmm. students might not really interact with Jim on an everyday basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're excited to see what he has to say about Um, how he lives the John Carroll mission in his role. Yeah, and we've talked about in previous episodes, it all contributes to something. We need the the behind-the-scenes work. We need the frontline people. We Mm -hmm. need the creators and the dreamers. We need it all, and it all, you know, builds the kingdom, and it all has a part and a piece and a time, and we need him. Mm -hmm. So we're excited to see what he has to say. Let's go grab him. Go ahead. Let's go. Okay, so the first thing that we want to know, we just want you to introduce yourself. So tell us a little bit about your life and your work at John Carroll and who you are. Okay, great. Well, again, thank you for inviting me. My Mm -hmm, name is uh, Jim Kruconis. I started at John Carroll. Well, let me go back a little bit before that. I'm from Chicago. I grew up in Chicago on the south side, so I guess that means I'm a White Sox fan. (laughs) I was an undergraduate at uh, DePaul University. I was a commuter student. Then I went to uh, graduate school for longer than I care to remember at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And during that time, I uh, spent a year in the Soviet Union because uh, my academic specialty was going to become or was becoming uh, Russian history. So I did my research on my uh, uh, dissertation in the Soviet Union. I was in the city of Leningrad when it was called Leningrad back then, back then in the, the late 1970s. And that was for 10 months. The first um, job I had after getting my degree was at Bellarmine College. It's now Bellarmine University. It's in Louisville, Kentucky. My brother spent most of his career there teaching political science, so I'll bet you can't guess how I got that job. (laughs) And then um, I had a a subsequent visitor job at uh, Miami University. This is Miami of Ohio. Mm -hmm. I was there in the, the uh, the mid to late 1980s, and then it was in 1988 I came here. And um, I didn't know anything about John Carroll at the time, Uh, nothing at all. I was reassured by the fact that it was a Jesuit institution. That was honestly and without exaggeration, I think, a guarantee of quality. And uh, it was actually attractive to me that it was located in a large city. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was around the time that Cleveland was beginning to undergo its renaissance. So that made it even more attractive. But I knew, certainly I knew something about the, the orchestra here, and that, that, was, that was very appealing. And uh, I didn't realize or appreciate the other resources that the uh, city uh, had to offer, and I've only gotten to know those over the years. Uh, but uh, my love of Cleveland, as well as John Carroll, has only grown over the course of time. Anyway, for the first 13 years I was here, I was full-time faculty in the history department. And then in 2001, I was invited to uh, join the academic administration, so I took a job in the uh, 
the provost and academic vice president's office. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. The next question we have for you is sort of a silly one. Um, it's our icebreaker that we ask all of our guests. So are you familiar with the in-between uh, in the student center? Yeah, I think so. That's the, uh, that's sort of the deli. Yeah, the, like the grab and go right, station. Right, right. Um, so we like to ask our guests what your favorite snack from the in-between is. And if you don't have one particularly from the in-between, what your favorite snack in college was. In college? I was, well, I was a commuter student, so if I had a favorite snack, it's probably something I got from home. My grandmother did all the cooking, and she, <laughs> she was a very good cook. So in a way, I didn't have the, I didn't have the kind of experience that uh, would uh, lend, uh, lend the situation to having a favorite snack, probably until I went to graduate school. And I was been th I've been thinking about that. It might be peanut butter and a bagel, and I <laughs> say that just because of the fact that um, for years, I hated peanut butter. <laughs> I would not eat peanut butter, but in graduate school, I developed a taste for peanut butter. So I'll, I go, I'll go with that. didn't like peanut butter until I came to college. I had not had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich until I came to college. Really? Mm -hmm. It was my fun fact for a while. It becomes a staple food item. <laughs> it does. Okay, and so we talked to you a little bit about how last year or last um, season on the podcast, we liked to have our selection process. We kind of saw what roles we thought that our guests might fit into, but this season we tried to give our guests the input of seeing what role they thought they fit in or saw themselves in, and you selected Builder as your role. And so we just wanted to know, how do you see yourself in the role of the Builder in your life? Well, I would say Builder, partly because of something it's not, which is not an architect. <laughs> in other words, I don't feel myself to be... Um, necessarily an inventor or a creator or uh, an in innovator. Mm -hmm. And uh, a builder customarily works with uh, materials that are already available, made available to mm -hmm. the builder. So I think in that regard, builder might be appropriate as, as well. I do a number of things in the, in the provost's office, and um, in just about every one of those cases, the materials as well as the format uh, the project or whatever they're already there so I'm kind of filling in I'm I'm filling in the blanks but I think there's some sense as to what is supposed to be what's supposed to be created mm -hmm. and I think I feel I think I feel comfortable with that mm -hmm. well I think that that raises a good point because you know in in this context of the social change ecosystem, right? We have the people in this system that are the the visionaries and the, the ones coming up with all of the right. ideas, but it does take a special type of person and there's a special role for you in this ecosystem where you actually have to get it done, right? You have to actually make the change happen. You have to put pen to paper and, and start working. And I think that that's, if I'm hearing you correctly, that's where you come in and where you see yourself. Well, and I think that kind of leads us into another thing that we were curious about in terms of, you know, maybe th there is a shortage of people or hands on deck and you have to get things done. And with that comes some mistakes or some hardships and mm -hmm. it can be a challenge to acknowledge that sometimes. But we were just wondering, how do you acknowledge that when it happens, when there is a mistake or there is a hardship and how you continue without feeling like there's some sort of failure or you did something wrong or like there's something that's missing? Mm. Yes, well... It occurred to me that um, I probably made two kinds of mistakes, and sometimes there may be overlap between the two kinds. One is a more personal kind, and um, I mean it's possible to give offense to people, perhaps to individuals, without intending to. 
uh, at least I hope without intending to. And then there are those uh, those failures you make, uh, which are perhaps more related to uh, coming up short uh, with respect to uh, completing a job or undertaking a project. Um, my uh, my personal style, I suppose, is probably to offer an apology, whether it's going to be to a person, an individual, in the case of a, uh, a, a personal failure or a personal offense, and uh, a, perhaps a, a kind of an apologetic explanation to my supervisor trying to explain what, uh, what went wrong and how, how, it could be, how it could be done better. And I think that's important because a lot of what we do and what we try to instill in the students at CSA is that um, value of reflection and being able to take a look back at what you've done and recognize what was good and recognize what was bad and then adjust your actions accordingly. And I think also taking account of other people's feelings. I think we can just keep going with our lives and keep moving. We're so busy and we're so involved and there's so much to do, but to actually go back and own up to your actions and to not only do that at the end, but to do that at the forefront and actually give someone that sincere apology that they deserve. I know in my own life, even thinking about that, like there are more times where I might recognize that I did something wrong, but really owning up to that and going back and apologizing to that person is definitely something I could work on and grow in. And and that's how change happens, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just doing the same thing that you're doing and never changing it, never evaluating Mm -hmm. it. It's making the mistakes and then reevaluating and Mm -hmm. see, and then moving on from there. And the last thing that we're interested is really how you see your role as the builder Um, and your role in your career now, how do you see yourself living the John Carroll mission um, in that that space? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I can provide an entirely satisfactory answer. It seems to me that, uh, for me anyway, living the mission has been, well, I mean, presuming that it's happening, uh, that uh, it's something that uh, has happened almost uh, unconsciously or subconsciously, and... uh, I would like to think that I've absorbed some of it by osmosis, but maybe, so it hasn't been as, perhaps it hasn't been as an inten- as intentional a process as it should be. I, I feel as though I know more about it now, but honestly, it's more a feeling than an intellectual proposition. Mm-hmm. And I actually really resonate with what you were saying about it kind of just being a feeling and how it's just ingrained. I know even for me over the past couple of years, It wasn't something that I knew when I came to John Carroll about the Jesuits and I didn't understand it completely and it kind of just was appealing to me and not an intellectual way but I just kind of felt connected to it and drawn to it and over the years I've kind of just been able to absorb it and then just have it at that more spiritual level over like thinking about it and actually doing something it kind of just happens to you sometimes you know you make the choice and sometimes the choice kind of just affects you or makes you and turns you into something. So I really resonate with that as well. And I also appreciate how you recognize that this is an imperfect system, right? Nobody perfectly lives the mission and everybody has room to grow and everybody has more to learn about it. Um, And so, you know, not getting in here and saying that this is exactly what I do that exactly perfectly fits within the John Carroll mission, I definitely am impressed by. It's only recently that I bought, what was it, uh, it was one of James Martin's books about um, uh, the guide to everything Jesuit or something oh, like mm-hmm. that. The Jesuit mm-hmm. guide to almost everything. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. That's the one. That's the one. 
So you see, I'm still very much mm -hmm. in a learning mode. Mm -hmm. Well, we're, we're all, all learning. learning. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much mm -hmm. for coming, and we're happy that you got to see a different side. I know you usually work with the, the staff and the faculty, mm -hmm. so getting to be with us here today is been a pleasure yes thank you it's uh, especially impressive to see you taking on this kind of uh, project thank you thank you we enjoy it very much <laughs> <laughs>